0: Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of the OKRs Q and A podcast, also known as the OKR Corral, where OKR insight is the king. I'm your host, Tim Meinhart, President and CEO of Atruity, an OKR consultancy headquartered in our nation's capital. Before we begin, if you're an OKR fan and enjoy our podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and explore our website at atruity1.com. And finally, should you have a burning question you'd like addressed in future episodes, drop us a note at contact at atruityone.com. In this episode, we are launching our first of many OKR corrals, where insight is the king. The Corral is a group discussion with our team on some of today's most burning questions. We also are adding a government perspective as well for the first time. Our focus for this episode is around the concept of OKRs versus strategic planning and some key concepts for a successful OKR program. Our panelists today include Tom Granada, Stephanie Meinhart, and Scott Semple. Tom is a senior level executive and OKR consultant with Atruity focused on enterprise solutions. Stephanie Meinhart is our head of business development and drives Atruity's small business initiatives. Scott Semple is a principal in Atruity Federal, whose primary focus is on the federal marketplace and government contractors. These three experts provide unique insight into their respective areas of expertise as it relates to these questions. This is an excellent podcast. So please, everyone, enjoy. So Stephanie, Tom, Scott, welcome to the program. Today's episode, we're gonna focus on two major questions that we find in the marketplace that are on CEOs' minds as they're looking at objectives and key results as a possible way to drive their business forward in the coming years. First question, and this goes to the panel and Scott, I'll lead off with you on this, but how are OKRs different than strategic planning and are they even remotely complementary? Thanks, Tim. So OKRs and strategic
1: planning are very different in particular in the federal government environment. The uh, uh, important thing to think about in the federal government is how do federal agencies operate and under what organizational structure Uh, are they operating? And then how do they implement their mission through that organizational structure? So uh, agencies, federal agencies, are organized as a very diverse cultural um, uh, implementation of all sorts of experiences, a huge variety of backgrounds, uh, and most importantly, uh, many people who are, uh, it's kind of bifurcated. You have a number of individuals who are in government for their entire career. Um, and that's less than uh, less than half the workforce. Uh, the vast majority of the federal workforce tend to come into federal service for a short time and then out. The reason I emphasize that is strategic, strategic planning is of vital importance in that kind of an environment to make sure that A, everybody understands the mission, B, that the mission is implementable, and C, that there's a plan to move forward. So strategic planning historically has been a, a very longitudinal, long-term, generally a four-year planning cycle, right? Because that's a period of an administration in the federal government, right? The differences <clears throat> in terms of implementation of OKR versus strategic planning <clears throat> is that a strategic plan does take that longitudinal four-year view of what can be achieved, how do we, how do we uh, achieve the fullest uh, implementation of the Objectives, as placed by the administration, onto this particular agency. the The downside of that, and there are a number of different methodologies that have been that have been used. Uh, Balanced scorecard became very popular. Um, you know, there are a number of different methodologies. The issue is because of the nature of that workforce, very diverse, not generally, uh, um, you know highly familiar with federal government, federal government processes and the uh, long-term nature of federal agency mission accomplishment. The problem is strategic plans tend to be huge. They tend to be massive uh, uh, implementations of the overall uh, objectives of the organization. And also they're very, very different than commercial environments. In a commercial environment, we would talk about very, you know, obviously upfront profit uh, uh, profit expectations. You know, in a fiscal year, we plan to make X dollars. Right in a federal environment, there is no profit motivation; it's it's cost avoidance. So you've got a variety of different initiatives. OKRs wind up as a very attractive methodology. Matter of fact, the methodology of choice for a federal agency <clears throat> for two primary reasons: one. It allows you to take a shorter view of the implementation process within that particular federal agency. Strategic plan is essential. You don't want to operate OKRs in the absence of a strategic plan. Within the strategic planning environment, however, OKRs become the useful metrics to establish what can be accomplished within specific subparts of that agency and implement those components of the overall strategic plan more effectively and with a uh, sure outcome at the end. All right. The second most important part, I mentioned there's two important parts for a federal agency. The second most important part is every federal agency is measured on lots and lots of metrics. In the IT environment, uh, we have FSMA reporting, and it's just a, a an amalgam of all sorts of, uh, uh, of initials. Um, the most important thing is that we have metrics that are absolutely quantifiable and measurable within a measurable unit of time in general a year. Strategic plan probably is going to look at a four-year horizon. OKRs allow us to look at much shorter horizons, years, quarters, and months. That, to me, are some of the most important components of OKR implementation in federal agencies versus overall strategic planning.
0: Thank you, Scott. You know, it's true. Uh, OKRs allow organizations to uniquely focus in a compressed period of time to do what they think is most important, measuring what truly matters to that overall long-term strategic goal and the long-term mission of the agency. Tom, what are your thoughts on this? How, How are OKRs different and yet sometimes complementary with strategic planning?
2: Thanks, Tim. From a standpoint of traditional strategic planning and OKRs, most companies, most organizations do have a strategic plan, as Scott has mentioned. You know, they usually are very uh, long-term and extremely um, detailed in terms of what their objectives might be. You know, they also include, for different types of commercial organizations, um, you know, tracking and measuring things using methodologies such as management by objectives (MBOs). You know, KPIs, key performance indicators. Um, Scorecards, balanced scorecards, whatever you may call them, and traditionally those methodologies usually are tied to compensation, which is one, and two, they are, um, you know, basically set in stone at the end of the previous year or the beginning of the new year, and each individual is basically given direction as to what they're expected to do. With OKRs, it's actually the opposite. You know, there is a component of how the MBO KPI and scorecard works well together with the OKR methodology. But in order to achieve objectives and key results within an organization, you have to be able to look at it from a standpoint of forward looking versus backward looking. So what what the OKR what the OKR methodology gives us is the ability to be agile <laughs> in in a very short burst of periods of time, whether it may be two weeks, a quarter, you know every six months. But uh, in order for there to be rapid, successful deployment, you know, these, uh, methodologies, first and foremost, have to be launched properly. And second of all, they have to, they have to really contain some of the key success factors in any adoption, which are buy-in alignment and focus throughout the organization. So what, the OKR methodology gives us is the ability to look at it from a top-down corporate mission approach, also from what the division leaders uh, or management teams have in terms of their objectives as it relates to the corporate objectives. And then finally, the key component are the individuals doing the work. And the ability to have a top-down, bottom-up buy-in visibility, alignment, and focus gives the OKR methodology and the OKR simple system of doing this, you know, gives us the ability to attain astronomical growth or exponential growth in a very short period of time.
0: Fabulous, Tom. You know, you've mentioned very, a couple key issues here. And, you know, traditional strategic planning overall and, and basically planning um, was traditionally done in a waterfall environment where you set a plan out and you just operated on it. Well, at the time of the shooting, we're still involved in the COVID. Uh, uh, th- issue that is facing not only the world, but businesses overall. And it was those companies that were had more of an uh, agile-based methodology that could shift and change based on a compressed period of time that we're able to basically thrive during this period, as opposed to struggling to catch their stride, which would have been more in a traditional waterfall type of planning approach. Second thing that you mentioned, which is really, really critical, and I'm glad you brought it up, is that, um, you know, OKRs are not tied to compensation. We're asking people to do their best, okay, stretch a little bit. The organization has set out, as you mentioned, they've set out what they've are their management by objectives, their key performance indicators. But this is about stretching and doing your best. And that's what OKRs bring out in the program. And the last piece is this is a collaborative type of arrangement. OKRs are extremely collaborative in that they allow the organization to be able to have the visibility so everyone knows what their what their particular responsibility is as it relates to the overall mission of the company and what they're trying to in, uh, accomplish not only over a given period of a quarter, but a given period of a year and how that fits into their long-term objectives and to the mission of the organization. So th- thank you, Tom. Those are excellent points. Um, all right, we're going to take a little different twist here. Um, Stephanie, speak to us a little bit about this and, and maybe coming from what I would call maybe a small business perspective.
3: So I think when it comes to strategic planning, it's great. I don't think anybody's going to argue to tell you that you shouldn't plan. I mean, we all should plan, but I think what happens, and this is something that we saw this year. I mean, it was not great. It was terrible. COVID hit. That is a prime example of life happening. We can't control life happening. And as much as we plan for things, things that we don't plan for happen. That's a part of life. That's a part of business. So from the small business perspective, part of why I think OKRs take it to the next level, is A, as everybody has said, the agile nature of them, the fact that you can change your goals and lead the entire company towards a different goal at a moment in time, because you know, you know that when life happens, you can critically steer your company to where it needs to go. Um, I also think a big part of OKRs and why I am a huge fan is I think when it comes to being a small business, you know that things are gonna happen and probably you're gonna end up failing Um, and i put that in quotations because i don't really believe in failure i believe in learning Um, but i think okrs allow you to fail forward they allow you to fail and then change your plans they allow you to change the end goal if you learn something new from something that you went through and i think that that's huge in the oversight of a company because for all you know you know you're doing one little thing you fail at it and the entire plan completely changes and you, and you have to rethink your entire strategic plan, your vision, your mission, everything. And I think the beautiful thing about OKRs is that if you see that something else works better, let's just shift the company. Let's shift everybody onto the thing that works better. And it doesn't have to be a complete overhaul of everything you're doing. It's not time consuming. It's a quick, agile move. Um, and the other thing that I would say, I think Tom and uh, Tim both touched on this, is that you can go from top down, bottom up, Horizontal. Everybody's in this together with OKRs and you're listening to everybody in the company to get to the best goals. And I think that that's really unique. Everybody's working together to make sure that, you know, what marketing is doing and sales is doing are working together towards the same goal at the same time. They're not separate. Um, And I think for many departments that operate in a separate sphere, that's huge. Everybody's connected together. Thank
0: you, Stephanie. You know, you, you also have touched on some really, really good points. And again, depending upon how you describe small business, are you less than 10 employees? Are you less than 50 employees? Where are you in that, in that discussion of small business? But one of the things that's critically important is the ability for organizations to adjust if they're finding things that, that just aren't working out necessarily for a small organization. But what fits inside that that's really critical is that the whole organization understands because of the visibility nature of OKRs of what they're involved in, what's important and how they contribute to that organization as a whole. The, uh, the second point I wanted to raise is I've mentioned, and everybody here uh, and most CEOs would know about Measure What Matters, but they may not know about another book and it's on our resources page at atruityone.com, but it's the book Radical Focus. And Radical Focus is an excellent book It's an easy read. It's a story about a tea company and it's a small business and how they got confused right out of the gate and how they made some radical changes, put OKRs into their program. And suddenly people became more focused. They executed and they pulled their company out from where it was heading to um, to a rounding success. So, Stephanie, thank you very much for that. The second question I'd like to address today with our audience and um, Scott, we'll we'll start with you. We'll go around the horn again. Are what are the components that you think are critical to a successful OKR program?
1: That's a great question, Tim. Um, I think, uh, and, and we hit on it in parts of the previous conversation. Uh, metrics of success for implementation of, of a of an effective OKR program uh, are are really quite easily measurable. Uh, they uh, are are the ability to tie uh, movement of the organization, the uh, successful implementation of programs and objectives uh, in a timely fashion. Um, And probably just as importantly, uh, successful implementation uh, by using all of the organization. Uh, As we all know, occasionally organizations can be highly successful because one part of a team comes up with a bright idea and it's able to kind of overshadow other parts of the organization that aren't as successful. Successful implementation of OKR program, uh, and, and Tim, you uh, did a great job originating these ideas. Uh, we talk about the uh, the, the three Cs uh, of of implementation. Um, maybe if I can reflect back to you, Tim, what are those three Cs that I love the way that you characterize those?
0: Right. So to me, you know, we've watched successful programs. Being implemented. And the things that we've seen that are very common are the first C is the C suite. Okay, so the C suite is you need commitment from the top because putting an OKR program into play um, is a little rough at first. It's a new skill, everyone's a little bit uncomfortable with it. But the C suite stays committed to a program, it rapidly changes as people begin to get the hang of objectives and key results. The second one, which is absolutely critical, is a champion, someone to run the program. Look, objectives and key results is described as a very structured, goal-setting management system, but it is relatively simple if done correctly. And that's about making sure that things happen in a regular, condensed period of time. You know, we recalibrate things quarterly and annually, and it takes coordination, it takes consistency, And so having a good champion there to basically oversee the program is critical to the program's success. And the third one, um, the the C that I like to call is community. And Tom touched upon this earlier, which was that, you know, buy-in is a big deal, okay, that nobody is going to have a plan that can be successful if you don't have people bought in. And that starts with the collaboration of everyone involved, having input into the program, and input essentially equals buy-in. And then you need those, that community of people within your organization that absolutely allow this program to continue because they're talking it up. Hey, this, we're having great success. So Scott, yes, those three, the three Cs, I think, are critical to a program's success.
1: Outstanding, Tim. So playing off of that, it's easy to see, and, and again, relating back to the agile uh, analogy, you know, agile refers to rapidly implementing a um, either an IT project or uh, some type of program uh, that that is able to incorporate the full set of objectives in a measurable amount of time—six weeks, uh, a, a relatively rapid period. By incorporation of the three Cs, as you're talking about, um, you get the full you, you get the full benefit of the organization we're able to rapidly implement agile type uh, objective implementation through the key results that we are measuring within measurable units of time. <clears throat> Here's a very, very important point, And it really just came out as we were uh, discussing these uh, really relevant issues over the last few minutes. Perhaps at no time in history has it been as important for organizations to be agile To be able to rapidly change, and Stephanie did a great job in in, in talking about this, Um, organizations within the period of this global pandemic are experiencing changes to the structure of their organization and the structure of their marketplace, unlike at any time in history. Think about January of 2020. What was your business like? You had a plan. You were moving forward. As of March? That all changed. As of May, we were shut down. Hopefully you weren't in the hospitality or airline business, because those businesses are decimated. Federal contracting, perhaps some parts of it are not as badly impacted, but many small businesses that I know personally haven't survived through 2020. Point point is, at no time in history has there been as much of a change in the business environment as in 2020. Go forward, 2020, what's 2021 gonna look like? Right. Pounded. We're gonna go into 2020, 21, excuse me, with the most severe impact of a global pandemic, I would say in history, in history, right? During the next three months, we could see a significant impact, both human impact and business impact, right? What's your business have to do to, to survive, are not even talking thrive, through this period. That requires a different set of OKRs, right? I'm going to set my objectives and my key results to attainable results within that business context. Real forward, what does December of 2021 look like? Well, according to recent reports, we will have a vaccine. We will have a vaccine that perhaps is as much as 90% effective. What does that mean? It simply means Our business base is gonna be entirely different. We may be able to open restaurants. We may be able to fly full flights. We may be able to have full business conferences. There's an idea. We may be able to meet in person. How How could you possibly have a strategic plan that incorporates that massive of a change? You can't, OKRs allow you to incorporate those types of changes and rapidly change to thrive in a changing business environment.
0: Yeah, you know, Scott, and you raised a really interesting point that um, I think is really part of, kind of part and parcel to how OKRs really began to get started is, they drive rapid innovation within an organization. Absolutely. Because,
1: in a you, know,
0: you still want to be able to get to where you want it to get to. So what do we have to do? What do we have to change? What do we have to adapt? How do we adapt? How do we innovate our organization in order to be able to thrive, survive, and thrive in um, times that are extremely challenging? And you know, I give this one great example that um, we all have become enormously comfortable with, where it just seems nine months ago we weren't. Which is video conferencing. Now it becomes second nature to our organizations to be able to simply connect to people because we are so in in a in a very limited, isolated environment. And think of how fast the video conferencing technology will continue to innovate in our lives as we move forward. So um, I use that as a kind of a clear example as to innovation that um, that we're being, we're, we're being involved in. And, you know, if you look at restaurants, you know, they had to switch to carry out. Um, so everybody's trying to innovate in order to to survive in this environment and OKRs drive innovation because they ask you to think outside the box. So, Scott, thank you for that. So, Tom, how about yourself? What do you think are some of the critical components that make a successful OKR program?
2: Thanks, Tim. You know, a lot of the companies that we work with and some of the companies we've spoken to have all said that they have uh, needs in areas like uh, they are not really all on the same page. They are not really aligned. They don't have a good way of managing their meetings. Uh, they're in meetings all the time. They're really not getting a lot of work done. you know So I think that the key factor in critical success for an OKR program is to have the not only the corporate executives but also the entire organization at some point be open and willing to change, okay? And we're not talking about the type of change. It could be in some organizations that the type of change could be you know, fairly significant. In most organizations though, it's basically taking what they have and then going over that with them and, and deciding that they have made an effort to do something, but it's really falling short. Mm-hmm. And then sitting there with them and revamping their mission statement, their long term objectives and their short term objectives. And Tim and I have just gone through a round of doing that with a company out of Georgia where um, you could see the light bulbs going off in terms of their attempts in 2019 to do OKR okay implementation for 2020. Um, and then when we went through our process with them on the corporate objectives that they were all it was an aha moment for for everybody. Right. Which is a great thing to see, um, you know. I also think that there are um, factors of being able to rapidly deploy the program, but also to go with the concept of walk, crawl, run. Now, some companies want to run right away, and yeah. you know you can do that if you if you have the right components in place. But this is typically for a true successful implementation. It takes multiple quarters if not years to do effectively so that there's a corporate cultural shift in how they look at their business strategy and how they look at how they measure what matters and how they how they focus on uh what they need to adapt to and change that's going on within their company versus externally such as you know attrition you know people leaving um uh, reduction in workforce um you know anything else that might occur that would create some turmoil within the company that would offset some of the planning that they've done. You know, how do they do that. Well, they've got to be willing to change to be able to get to to get some results successfully and I'll, and I'll close with this, you know, Tim, you mentioned it. Um, the internal OKR champion of an organization that we work with is critical to, to the success of, of this program and usually what we need is a corporate level, C-level executive who has not only bought into it, but also is involved in it in a very, in a very um, effective way. So, you know, I think if you're uh, not getting that buy-in from the corporate level perspective and you don't have a champion, uh, those are setups, if you would, for not really being able to implement this um, in an effective, you know, Uh, successful manner
0: excellent points Tom you know and and again I want to go back to this keyword called innovate and um, and and you mentioned it too about adapting and changing well today's world the CEO needs to make sure that his organization is continuing to innovate but he himself has to innovate and part of that innovation is putting together a program and it may be OKRs for them something that may be new it may be a little um a little different from that. ahead of an agency scott or someone in a very senior level position has got to take the fact that we need to become better aligned we need to be focused and we need to execute and then the second thing tom that you mentioned was walk crawl run we're a big component of that take your time get the c in get this get the c-suite buy-in make sure they're committed to this take your time a little bit this is a it's a sprint, but yet it's really a marathon. You're, you're ultimately gonna be able to have cultural change as a result of putting in an OKR program. And I think those things are what you don't wanna lose sight of. And having the right champion, you know, we, we mentioned that um, you, know, you need to have somebody that has the ability to be able to run this program effectively that has that capability of project management experience, can work with senior level people, be able to have some level of facilitating, be consistent and be strong enough as it continues to go through a little bit of muddy water as it takes place, and then be able to drive it consistently as it moves on. Um, So Stephanie, um, last but not least, so what are your thoughts on this? What, What makes a successful OKR program?
3: So if I'm a small business and I'm looking to put in OKRs and I want it to be successful, there are a few things that I would say are so important. First one uh, would be to implement it as early as possible. Depending on the size of your company, if you're a small business and say there's 10 of you, the sooner you implement it, it can just grow. It's easier to continue to grow it as more people come into your company than it is to implement it as you get bigger. So the faster you can do it, the better. Uh, My second tip is something that Tim was talking about, about a champion. Find the right person in your organization to run this. With small businesses, people often wear many hats in one role. So you really want to make sure that you're going to choose the right person for this. Do they have the time to do this? Would this be too much on top of their current role? Could they handle this? Choosing the right person and the right person to train on OKRs is so incredibly crucial. If they don't have the time to do it, you're really not setting your program up for success. And that is incredibly important. That person needs to have the time, the authority, and they need to be properly trained to do this as well. So if you do choose a champion, you need to take the time or they need to take the time to train themselves. If they don't know what they're doing, they can't implement this correctly and it's really not setting it up for success either. They need to know how to manage it. They're gonna to need to know how to facilitate. They're gonna to need to know how to be in that position and make sure that everything's running smoothly. Um, my third one would be as you have champions and you're hiring new people, you wanna get buy-in. Buy-in is so huge, we've already touched upon that a million times, but I think getting buy-in when someone's a new employee is easier than when they've been with the company for 10 years. They don't have any resistance to change they're completely new. If you hire new people and they're picking up on OKRs, they get a sense of the culture. And if you do this early on, it becomes part of your culture. It becomes part of your company and what makes you different. And I think about even when you're trying to hire new people, you're hunting for new people at your company. Um, people want to join companies where they feel like what they do makes a difference. And I think that's a great thing about OKRs. Everybody's OKRs are visible. They join that company and they immediately know where they fit and they know their job role and they know exactly what they're doing is pushing the company forward. And I think that's huge. So that also plays into doing it as early as possible. More people you hire, the more people are going to be into this and the more buy in you're getting and it's just going to grow and grow and grow. And I think also from the small business perspective, as you had touched upon Tim with innovation, I think we all spoke about innovation, but that is huge. Innovation is what's going to drive a small business to become a large business. So the sooner you implement it in, the sooner people are getting more innovative, more creative. They're really getting in that space of how can I grow this company? What can I do? How can I evolve? And I think with OKRs, as you're setting their OKRs and you're pushing them, we actually had somebody on the podcast named Kathy Miller a few weeks ago. She talked about bringing OKRs down to the individual level. And she talked about how she gave people below her this room to grow. And they were able to dream and they exceeded their goals 10 times what they thought they could, they were like laughing about how they thought they'd never reached their goals and then they crushed it. So that innovation, that creation, that, that spark that you give people at a company, I think with a small business, OKRs give people this freedom and it takes your company to the next level. So when it comes to small business, I really don't think you can go wrong. I think you need to implement OKRs.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. That was terrific. You know, Um, so panel, I want to thank you because this was an excellent discussion today. You know, I think that there's some, there's some fascinating takeaways that, you know, OKRs are somewhat complementary to strategic planning, that you need a long-term strategic plan in order for them, for you to be able to develop uh, a truly inspirational OKR plan. Don't tie it to compensation, make sure it's visible, get the C-suite involved and let's do it right but let's take our time because no everyone buys in when something's done right when something when something goes really wrong people are going to jump off the ship so i'll leave that with saying that we love the three c's we like the visibility we want excellent collaboration and um above all have fun when you're doing it so panel i'd like to thank you so much and until we meet again um have a wonderful wonderful week